Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to, to come together to fellowship, but to come together and worship you, Father. We pray now that everything said and done today in this service will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. amen. <clears throat> so as a little girl was sitting at the breakfast table, and she was watching cartoons, and mom wasn't really paying attention, and she turned around and said, Mom, where does poo come from? The lady was like, well, let's see. How are we going to answer this? And she was like, well, you see, sweetheart, whatever you eat for breakfast, your body takes what it needs out of it, and then it processes it through a whole bunch of things. And then when you go to the bathroom later today, that's where poo comes from. And the little girl turned and looked at her and said, well, how about Tigger? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough way to start. My kid didn't even laugh, but that's terrible. Oh, it's a shot. Hey, look, I'll take all the jokes you can get. Um, so we talked last week about God's plan for your life and how God lays out this entire plan for you and how we are called according to his word and his purpose, right? And we have this plan set in front of us. <clears throat> and the really cool thing about doing two-part sermons is, I, I will tell you, almost every Sunday, well, I, I'm taking my socks off or changing clothes. I go, that was the example I didn't use. So it's two parts, so I get to go back and catch that example from last week because I actually wrote it down. So what I want you to think about is when we start thinking about God's plan for your life, and maybe not everybody, but if y'all ever driven anywhere and you had to put the address in your phone and you had to listen to the lady tell you where you were supposed to be not turning, right? Well, what happens if you miss your turn? Does she say, oh, well, that was your chance, tough luck? No. She goes up a street and take a left, or up a street and take a right, or the dreaded U-turn now. Make a U-turn now. Like you are going and like, please make U-turns. And so I am so easily annoyed by such things that I actually will not let my person speak to me. At all, at all. I, it, it's on the screen, and if I don't see it, then we miss the turn, and then we'll figure out where we're lost in a minute. But I do not want her talking to me, because it's, it seems like that every time it's in a good song, turn left in five miles. Yeah, yeah, I get it. In five miles, you can tell me to turn left. But God's plan for you, just like that little lady on the phone, just because we make a wrong turn or a bad decision or something happens that we don't expect... It doesn't say, oh, well, tough luck. Your destination has now been removed. <laughs> Actually, God's plan for us, up until the day that we die, he has a plan for us to accomplish what he sent us to do. As the body of Christ and the hands and feet of Christ, we have a job that we were put here for. Right? <clears throat> and I quoted a scripture last week, and I could never come up with the right word. Here again, that's why we have two-part sermons. Um, Romans 11 29 for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That was the word I was looking for, irrevocable. I couldn't come up with irrevocable. Unremovable, undeniable. Yeah. It, what God put on your life and the call he put on your life and the gift he, gifts he gave you, and he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, right? They're irrevocable. So does that mean that if you're heading down life's path and we make a left turn instead of a right turn, or we slow down, or we speed up, or we miss what God sent us to do, does that mean that he stopped with us? I, when I was doing, when I was researching this scripture, it says they have full warranty. 
That was somebody who wrote a little scripture, wrote, wrote a little article about this scripture, right? God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. And what it said is it has a lifetime warranty. His gifts and his calling have a lifetime warranty. For your whole entire life, your, his gifts and your life and his calling in your life do not change. Same thing with his plan for your life. Now, whether you've been there and done that, and then you've stepped away from it, it's time to make a U-turn and go back to God's plan. <clears throat> so I told y'all that no way this is going to fit into one week, and I'm not 100% sure it's going to fit into two weeks, but we're going to use some more examples of where God had plans of people's life, and they didn't really want aware of it, right? So Queen Esther, everybody know who Queen Esther is, right? Queen Esther. <clears throat> Queen Esther, Mordecai told Queen Esther that you were born to be here at this time, right? She had the opportunity to save all of her people, and she was a little bit scared, right? And then what did she do? She fasted for a couple of days. She prayed. She wanted to make sure that God really, 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 really had a plan for her life. But Mordecai told her that you were born to be here at this time. Well, I'm here to tell you, you were born to be here at this time. And you say, well, everything's terrible now. Oh, oh, really? Are there a bunch of folks lining up outside to impale us with a staff 50 cubits long, however long that is? I, I mean, they, Haman was planning on killing the Jews, all of the Jews. He was going to torture them and impale them with this giant log of rod shaft thing. Right? Sounds really fun. Not at all. Ever. And as bad as we think it is now, we are still not anywhere close to the worst. I mean, God ain't lined up no floods lately. I ain't seen no one building no boat for the last hundred years. So you were born to be here at this time. <clears throat> and God doesn't make mistakes in your life. And you... <clears throat> oh, well, that baby was a mistake. Or... That decision or that marriage was a mistake. Maybe. But what we learned last week is what the enemy meant for your harm, God turned around for your good. So when we are in God's plan, as we walk according to his purpose, that his gifts and calling are irrevocable, you were born to be here at this time. Amen. So, everybody really likes that. Scripture because his gifts are irrevocable. <clears throat> that second part, his call on your life is irrevocable. That means that if you have something that God sent you here to do and you ain't done it yet, it is not going away. It is not going away. I read a little article this week and it was talking about storms and it was it was really interesting. <clears throat> but that some scientists or whatever in the, out in the Midwest watch storms as they came across the plains and how it affected the animals. <clears throat> and one thing that was really interesting is, is when the storm popped up on the horizon to a herd of buffalo, the bull buffalo turned and ran at the storm. And you're like, well, that's pretty dumb. Well, if the storm's coming anyway, if you run towards it and run through it, do you have less time in the storm or more time in the storm? Versus if you turn and run away from the storm, and the storm eventually catches you anyway, and you continue to travel in the same direction as the storm, you're in the storm in a much longer time. So if you have something that God has put on your life that you don't want to do, 
You can run from it and live in the agony of not wanting to do it. But it's irrevocable. It ain't going nowhere. It's still your part. It's still your person to witness to. It's still your time to go shine. It's still your time to go help that person in need. It's still your time to be the best spouse, the best parent, the best child, the best employee. It's still your time. So why not do like the bull buffalo and run headlong into it? If you're going to get wet in the rainstorm, you might as well get wet on your ground. If you're going to have to go into it, and you, you might as well do it on your time. You can only run away from it. <coughs> we were driving home from Arkansas this week in that nasty storm that came across the, right? I drove in that one little narrow storm from Birmingham to St. Stephen. It wasn't 40, yard, it wasn't 40 miles wide. I drove in it from Birmingham to St. Stephen. It was running just as fast as me. We actually beat it just a little bit when we hit Pineville. It was not raining until I opened the door to get out of my house, and then it was pouring rain. If you're going to get wet, you might as well get wet. If God has a calling on your life and a plan for your life, it's time to get after it. And have the idea, Queen Esther, when you were born and you were put here exactly at this time. And we talked about last week, we talked about Joseph. Joseph's brothers beat him and threw him in the hole and stole his coat and sold him into slavery. And all of those things happened. And Joseph is actually where the scripture was written, what the enemies meant for my harm, God used for my good. <clears throat> that mentality that no matter where I go or what I do or no matter what happens to me, that God has me in the palm of his hand, that he is going to watch over me, he is going to guard God and direct everything that I do and say, Right? That is so valuable. <clears throat> and and it, I don't know why the buffalo make me so... I, I'm amused by some of that stuff, right? It's like the story, remember? Y'all don't remember. I told a story about rats in the pond, in the pool. Y'all remember that story? And I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm going to do my best. But then, so anyway, they dumped the rats in a, a big vat of water. And they let them swim. And they all swam for about six minutes and drowned. In the second group, they let swim, and in about five minutes and 30 seconds, they took them out, they brushed them off, they dried them, and I want to say they swam for 23 more hours. I think that's what the experiment was. I don't remember the exact. But before they had hope, they gave up pretty easy. But after they had hope that something was coming to help them, they, did not, they would not give up. I wonder how many times that we have this plan laid out in front of us and God has this plan laid out in front of us and we are so short-sighted that the first obstacle that pops up, well, this isn't for me. Well, this is not what I was supposed to do. I can't do this. She's going to kill me, but God preaches my sermons all week. Riley is building all kinds of stuff for Beta Club. Riley is a builder. She loves it. She loves to build all these different things. She's in three or four different categories of stuff that she's building to go to Beta Club. Well, one of them is a turtle that's welded and has washers and nuts and stuff. And she has, we built this turtle. She has built this turtle. And she has welded all these pieces. Well, the first weld, she's like, I can't do this. The second weld... And there's absolutely no way that I can do this. So I made her go inside. I'm like, I cannot tolerate you for right this second. You need to go away for just a moment. 
Now she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can weld that. Oh, oh, I can weld that. What, if she just stopped when she felt like she couldn't do what she thought she could do, we wouldn't have built no turtle. Now we got a turtle. Well, I mean, it's getting to be a turtle. You can start to see the turtle. And I'm not picking O'Reilly, but how many times do we have the thing that we, we fail at one time? Oh, I'm not, that, God didn't make me to do that. We fail out two times. I mean, how many times? How many times did Elijah make the guy go look for the rain cloud? How important is it for you to live your life in God's plan? How many times is it worth getting up and brushing yourself off? How many times did you turn it loose when you were a little kid before you learned how to walk? Most of y'all continue to try. Yay, you made it. And it's so simple, the little things that we allow to stop us from being in God's plan. All right. <clears throat> oh, by the way, um, Riley's actually a really good welder, so I'm still looking for something that she can't do. Um, <clears throat> so I get to the question and I hear, well, I'm doing my best and I don't hear God talk to me and I don't know what God's plan is for my life. Right? Because that's what the, that's the converse of this. Is, okay, I get it. All right, cool. I want to live in God's plan. I want to do what God wants me to do, but I don't know how. Right? Is that the question? I hear it. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, un lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So if you're looking for, I can't hear my GPS. I can't see it on the screen. I don't know where I took a wrong turn. You should reel yourself back in. Maybe stop at a rest stop for just a second and say, Lord, I trust in you with all my heart. I don't want to go on what I understand. I want you to show it to me. But I'm going to tell you, don't ask if you don't want to hear the answer. Don't say, Lord, I'm going to submit myself to you and I want to live in your plans and I want your calling on my life to be first if you don't really mean it. I'm going to tell you, it's a slippery slope. I had been pastor, interim pastor for a couple years, and then y'all voted in 20, and I became the full pa full time pastor, right? And woo! And it's, it's not all that spectacular, but anyway, it was that part of my life, and I got real cocky, right? <clears throat> I've been preaching good, and like some of y'all were still coming to church pretty regular, and I, I got real cocky and said, God, I want everything that you've got. I want 100%. I want all of it. I don't care if I'm ready for it or not. I want all of it. And in 48 hours, I had three of the worst phone calls I have ever had in my life. <clears throat> I won't tell you the details because it's none of your business. But in 48 hours, I had three of the worst phone calls in my life. I'm not talking about one at a time. I'm talking about... This one was beeping while that one was still talking to tell me some other horrible thing. And it was... Terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. The people that I love and care for. 
that I had no idea what's going on. I was blindsided by it. But I got so cocky that I wanted to be God. I am it. You show me and I will show up and do it. And I repented quick. It took me 48 hours. For Lord, I, I'm sorry. I want exactly to be where you want me to be. I want to do exactly what you want me to do. I want to handle exactly what you have for me to handle. I don't want yours. I don't want theirs. I don't want somebody down the roads. I want exactly what you have said in front of me. I want your plan in my life. That's a bold prayer. I challenge you this week. Go to Proverbs 3, 5. Lord, I trust you with all my heart. I will not lean on my own understanding. I want exactly what you have for me. See, when you... <clears throat> Sometimes when you're driving down the road, right? GPS tells you to turn right. You know, that ain't where I'm going. I'm, I really want to keep going down the road, right? Or GPS tells you to go straight and you, well, I know a shortcut and I'm, I'm going to cut to the right. See, we, we treat God like that a lot. God leads us to do X and we go, well, you know, I probably could do that, but I'd rather do this better thing over here. When he tells you to show up and do, and you're like, well, I'll do this, that, and the other, and that's better than showing up and doing. See, we kind of treat God as a like that he recommends stuff for us to do. His gifts and calling are irrevocable. His plan for your life does not change. So whether you do it today or you do it tomorrow or you reach heaven failing to do what you were sent to do is your choice. And that's tough. I understand. I, <clears throat> I have a long time, like my biggest fear in ministry is to fail to do what God sent me to do and call somebody to not see salvation. I mean, that's, that's a real fear. To have an opportunity to witness to somebody and miss it. Now, I, I believe that God's plan has as many opportunities for people to see God as possible. I just don't want to be one of those failed opportunities. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to be in God's plan. And I want to be led and known to exactly where I'm supposed to be. I want to be like Queen Esther, that I was born exactly at the right time to be who I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be it. And I'm going to tell you, it's not my job to produce sheep. It's your job to produce sheep. But it's actually all of our jobs to produce sheep, right? But we should all be in the business of spreading the gospel. The, the Bible doesn't say go into all the world and preach the gospel and lay hands on the sick and all that stuff. If you're a pastor, it does not have if you're a pastor in the bottom of that. It does not have if you're in the leadership of the church or if you teach little people's church. <coughs> Excuse me. Or if you teach Sunday school, you are sent to, into the world to preach the gospel. We, the body of Christ, are sent into the world to preach the gospel. We, all, everybody. If you are a born-again believer, your job is to produce more born-again believers. <coughs> In Revelation, it says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. God has a plan in your life. He has a calling on your life. He has sent you to people that I cannot reach. He has sent you to people that you know better than anybody else. He has sent you to be in the situation exactly where you're supposed to be. What we have to do is show up and do. 
I preached a sermon one time a long time ago. Y'all don't remember it. And it was, book, it was in the book of Hebrews. The whole sermon was in the book of Hebrews. And it went down the Hall of Fame. Right? The Hall of Fame in Hebrews. It talks about all these people by faith. They did this and by faith. And the title of the sermon was Went and Did. Because if you go down the Hall of Fame, this one went and did, and 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 this one went and did. Those are two very valuable things to go and to do. Went and did. You cannot live God's plan for your life sitting on the couch, eating Cheetos, watching Hallmark movies. It does not work that way. And you might have post something on Facebook to make somebody's day better. But if God's got a call on your life that you're supposed to go and do, you cannot send somebody else. It is to go and do. <coughs> he went and did. It was a bunch of them. God's plan for your life is for you to go and do. And to pray. And to live your life according to the calling and the purpose that he's put on you. That fear of having the opportunity to witness to somebody and missing it. Huge. It's, it, I mean, it, it. sometimes on the outset, if I lose my temper or something happens or, you know, I'm not the best Christian. And then I go, oh, I sure hope that wasn't one of those chances. I sure hope that wasn't one of those times where if I'd have just been rooted and grounded in God's word and I'd have, you know, not reacted in such a way that I could have got an opportunity, of just a break, just a little sliver where I could have planted a seed of salvation. Does God's plan in our life as a weird to go out into all the world and preach the gospel? <clears throat> um, so the book of Psalms. And I flip past it. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Um, Psalms 37, <clears throat> verse 23. For the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. <clears throat> and though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him <clears throat> with his hand. When we are in the world, we are not of the world, we are in the world. And when we go about our daily business, we have to make sure that we are walking in God's word, that our steps are firm in his word, where when those opportunities arise to be the witness, to, to be the healing, to be the hand of, of hope, that we are there, we are in God's plan, and we are exactly where we're supposed to be. <clears throat> Our goal as Christians should be that when we wake up in the morning, God, what do you have for me to do today? Where do you need me the most? Y'all ever had really good employees that just showed up on time and was like, hey, boss, what do you need? What's the most important thing I can do for you today? Where can I be the best at? What can I do for you the best? How about if we took that attitude in just our daily walk with Christ? All right, God, I want to be exactly where you want me to be today. Where do you need me the most? Where can I make the biggest impact in your name? Not in my name, in your name. Where can I show up and be exactly who I'm supposed to be today? I challenge you to start praying those kind of prayers. 
That God, I want to be exactly who you called me to be. That your word says that your calling and your gifts are irrevocable. That I am a child of the Most High God. I am an ambassador of Christ. I want to be exactly where you want me to be today. I want to have the impact that you want me to have today. That your kingdom be advanced in this world. <coughs> if we're going to talk about God's plan for your life and you are not willing... <clears throat> if you're not willing to take the left turn or the right turn or the U-turn or to merge or to yield or to do whatever God wants you to do, you really have no idea what you're called to do. God's kingdom is built on people that's not about me. <clears throat> Even Jesus, when he got here, when the lady touched the hem of his garment, she said, I I'm so sorry. And he said, no, 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 no. Your faith made you whole. This is not about me. This is not about you. We are not what's important. The kingdom of God is what should be number one in our lives. It shouldn't be our job. I said that last week and my kids really give me a hard time that they were really third or fourth. But it shouldn't be our job. It should be God first. God, where do you want me? God, where can you use me? Where Use me. Let me be the light into the world. Let me be the person that witnesses to those people. Let me be the person who is calm in adversity. <coughs> Let me be exactly where you want me to be. <clears throat> like Queen Esther. Let me be born exactly for this moment. What the enemy meant for my harm, you meant for my good. What you led me to develop and to grow and to become who I am, Father, use me in the full worth. Use me to build your kingdom. Use me to witness to the world. Use me to give to the poor. Use me to heal the sick. Use me to start a revival. Use me to help grow the kingdom of heaven. That should be our primary number one goal every morning when your feet hit the floor. We get so tangled up in what the world has for in front of us. We get so tangled up. <clears throat> and John, Jesus said that my sheep will know my voice. Y'all ever tried to tend to sheep? They're pretty dumb, right? I mean, that's what I hear. I mean, I try to tend to dogs and children and those kind of things, and they, they know my voice, and they still don't listen. Y'all ever have one of them that just don't listen? My mama did. My mama had one that didn't listen. We have to know what God's voice sounds like, and that's good. But man, we sure need to be obedient. That's better. Hearing and listening, two completely different things. I'm certain my kids hear me regularly. I'm certain my dogs hear me all the time. They can hear me. They're not deaf. They got big old ears. They hear well. It's the listening part. And it's funny when you're talking about dogs and kids, but how about us? 
Are we listening to what God has called us to do? Are we listening to where we're supposed to be? Are we listening to be lined up where he has sent us to be? Is, are we listening to be attentive and on purpose and on time? God's never early. God's never late. I want to be on time with God. I want to be exactly where he wants me to be. So when I go about my daily life, then I'm exactly where he needs me to be, where I can be used to extend the kingdom. And I want all y'all to be in the same boat. <clears throat> the idea that you just float around in your own little bubble, that you know what I do doesn't affect anybody, and I just live my own life, and I try to stay quiet, and I leave people alone, and I want people to leave me alone. And I get it. I don't want you to be a busybody. I mean, Paul talks about them being nosy and chatty and busybodies. But to be a good Christian, to be somebody who is in the body of Christ, to be somebody that is in the kingdom and helping it advance, we have to be attentive and listening to what God has called us to do every day, every day. Not just, well, it's Christmas, so we're going to collect some money for the poor little kids and buy them some Christmas presents. We should be about God's work 365 days a year from now until your eyes quit awake, opening anymore. Once you leave this planet, your job here is done. Up until the point that you leave this planet, your job here is not done. You are not finished. It is at the end of the race that they say, well done, good and faithful servant. It is not in the middle of the race. <coughs> and we, and some of y'all are further closer to the finish line than others. But we still all in the race. We still should be listening to what God's word has for us. We still should be living in his plan. We should be looking for opportunities to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I, I, I feel like I'm kicking a dead horse over and over. But man, it is impressed in my heart that we have to get to where we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Christ. That we are the ones who overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That we are starting a revival that we are about doing God's work. It ain't about how good we cook or how awesome our Christmas floats are or how great we sing or anything else. It should be what are we doing to advance the kingdom of God. And that's tough and it doesn't seem all that luxurious and fabulous. It's okay. <clears throat> we are called to His purpose. And if you were talking about being rewarded or being honored or being mentioned or being involved or being, you know, a light shown on you, I would much rather stand in front of the kingdom of God, the, the throne of God and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, than a single person tell me what I did right. It is not about your approval. It's not about your peers' approval. It's not about your family's approval. It is about doing what God has sent you to do. I would rather be in where God wants me to be and none of y'all like me than then be where all of y'all like me and not be where God wants me to be. But, so that's it. This week, tomorrow, today. God, I want to be exactly where you want me to be. I want you to use me and use me to advance the kingdom of God. I want everything that I do and say to be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. I want everything that I touch to be to the glory of God. I want to be exactly where you called me to be. I want to be born for this moment. And that sounds kind of dramatic. 
He had Jesus' life planned out to the day. To the day. Before the creation of the universe, he knew exactly when Jesus was going to be born and when he was going to be crucified and exactly what was going to take place. I'm joint heirs with him. He knows he knew me in my mama's womb. He has a plan laid out in front of me. And no matter if I make a left turn or a right turn, he is faithful. He will not leave me. Nothing will separate me from his love. And we are going to march forward towards the goal of doing exactly what God called us to do. And I hope y'all will come on too. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we pray that it will go out and it will not return void. Father, we pray that as you use us and guide us in the building of your kingdom, Father, that you will show us your will and your love for us, Father, and help us be better representatives of you. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. amen.